In the Park Festival is back in Newcastle, and you could be there watching headliner Rag and Bone Man. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to see Rag and Bone Man on Sunday the 5th of May. He'll be joined by Newcastle-born singer-songwriter and brother to Sam, the hugely talented Liam Fender. To be in with a chance of winning two tickets, just answer the following question. What is the real first name of Rag and Bone Man? Is it Reginald, Rory or Colin? To enter, download the free Durham On Air app for your smartphone or tablet, click on Win, and you could be in Newcastle watching Rag and Bone Man on the 5th of May. Entries close at 11pm on May the 2nd. For full terms and conditions, visit durhamonair.com. It's the Durham Podcast, and by now I'm sure you're aware that uh, my name is Sam Lupton and this person is Emma Hignett. Hi, Emma. I am. I am. Hi, how are you this week? I'm good. I've had a good week this week. It's flown by. It seems like two minutes we were last speaking to each other on the podcast. I know. I know. Yes. But there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know, there's nothing wrong. So um, anyway, coming up this week, I got hold of Paul Howard from The Bid because for A fair percentage of us, the next week is half term for the kids. Mm -hmm. Not everybody, because some have already had half term. And at the end of at least our family's half term, the Friday, Saturday, it is fire and ice in Durham. And um, it's one of the big things the bid does, I feel, that gets a lot of traction, a lot of attention. And uh, so I went to find out more. Have you been to it before? I have been to it before, quite a few years ago now. I think, did they, am I making this up? Did they do like a, a superhero one a few years ago? Or it was mythical creatures or something. Or all the ice yeah, statues I think were so. mythical creatures or superheroes, something along those lines. They do always have a theme. It was science last year. Right. Um, so, yes, they do have a theme. And this year is steampunk. Brilliant. Love that. Which is like, what? What are you going to find? Um, so yeah, so I, I was. Uh, it was lovely to talk to Paul about that, and uh, I mean, you know, I'll be taking the kids, but I think you know he's quite excited about it as well. And when mm. the person organising it is excited about it, that's that's a good sign. Absolutely. You you said you've been before. Does it is it a fun event? Are there lots of people visiting? And yeah, the yeah, atmosphere absolutely. In yeah, um, it is a great event. They have a sort of finale as it goes dark on the marketplace. Yeah, um, we haven't, we never did the whole of it because there's quite a lot to do. You know, there's a lot of trail around. You know, up to the cathedral, down to Millennium Place, across to the riverside, and all that kind of thing. Sure. So we, I've never done the whole of it. Um, but we've had when we've had people staying, we've taken them. So it's a sort of you know, let's all go out and then we'll go into Pizza Express or something like that. Um, and so, yes, it was very good. I've never done, the one bit I've never done, which he does talk about, is they put chocolate in an ice block and people have to chisel away at it to try and get the chocolate. <laughs> this sounds great. I love this. <laughs> yeah, they, that's where you'll be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be there. Just get it yeah. <laughs> try with a blowtorch. Anyway, I've told you all just about it now. To, to, <laughs> I've to, told you all about it. You don't need to run the interview. <laughs> oh, right. There you go. That's the end of the podcast. Um, what am I doing this week? Well, uh, I've got a couple of interviews this week. I've got a little treat for you right at the end, which isn't to do with Durham, but it is to do with something that we've been talking about on Durham on air this week, which is, of course, in the past week, it has been Valentine's Day. And uh, there's some new research which has revealed that more and more people are not going out for first dates and instead they're uh, they're sitting in and cooking meals, which I think is really scary. Um, but uh, yeah. Laura Tott 
is one of the uh, the waiters on Channel 4's first dates. And uh, she just came on the program this week to have a chat about kind of first day meals, uh, first date meals and cooking. So I thought I'd share that all with you. Um, nice one. And also in the, in the fire and ice chat that you're having with Paul, uh, you mention moon jewellery, I think, on Silver Yes, Street. we do. We do. We yeah. certainly do. And uh, so I thought for one of our archive interviews this week, uh, Moon is is run by um, a fantastic uh, local businesswoman called Jo, uh, Jo Salisbury. And she uh, last year organised a number of aid trips uh, to Ukraine uh, to supply orphanages with supplies, clothing, food, all of that kind of stuff. And I spoke to Jo about this um, last autumn. And so I thought for the listeners of the podcast we'd uh, rerun that interview that we had with Joe of Moon, Moon Jewellery just before we sent uh, all of that aid from County Durham over to Ukraine. So I thought we'd share that this week as well. And of course, Brilliant. we'll also have the What's On. So that's what's coming up on the podcast. Super. Let's get going. So half term on the way. Well, not for everyone. Some people have had their half term. Some have got their half term coming up. But um, I, I decided to try and get this interview because... I do remember a few years ago having family up to stay at half term and us taking all of the kids to Fire and Ice in Durham. And, you know, the photos are still in evidence. It was a fabulous thing to do with family and relatives. So it's coming up. I had a chat with Paul Howard from Durham Bid. So I've got my cup of coffee at the ready and I'm talking to Paul Howard from Durham Bid about Fire and Ice. Um, And we've just had a little preamble about the steampunk theme. Wow. Yeah, we can't wait. Ah, so, <laughs> I mean, so far, let's go back to the beginning. Fire and Ice takes place at the end of, well, at the end of our half term, not everybody's half term, but at the end of my child's half term. Friday the 24th and Saturday, are they the right dates? Friday the yes. 24th, Saturday the 25th of February. <laughs> so tell yeah, us about but- it. For anybody who's not been before, tell us about it. Anyone who's not been before. So um, I hope that's not many people. I'm sure lots yeah. of so um, the, the Fire and Ice has been running for quite uh, quite a number of years now, and it's an ice sculpture trail around Durham City. Um, and we try to cover as much of the city as we can, and we have all sorts of things going on through the day. Um, we have lots of entertainment happening through the day and into the early evening as well. Um, and it's it's going to be a great day. Um, hopefully the weather is, is holding up. It seems to be okay as long as it's cold, so the ice doesn't melt. That'd be great. <laughs> are you having the um in previous years there's been an ice sculpture which has chocolate frozen inside it <laughs> yes and we've gone a step further go on so, we're bringing back <laughs> the chocolate block um i could not not do the chocolate block because it's really popular um but this year as well we're bringing in a new sculpture at um walker gate so that people can chip away and get their own souvenir as well so we have, the, uh, we have the chocolate block at the Riverwalk and the new souvenir block, uh, the steampunk souvenir block at Walkergate. Wow. So steampunk. I mean, do you delegate to your ice sculptors just there's the theme, sculpt whatever you want? Or do you go, well, I need, <laughs> you know, a steampunk hat or I need a, I don't know. I, I have no idea what it'll be. <laughs> So, um, I mean, they're, they're the creative people. They um, they do this day in, day out. So they, they come to us with a list, really, of what they want to do. Um, and we say, yes, that's a great idea. Let's go with that. Um, so they've, they've come up with this whole list of, um, of sculptures that they wanted to do, that they really wanted to do. Um, and without giving too much away about what they're going to look like, we have things like the subaquatic transport vehicle. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> 
um, and the Dream Machine. And I think we've got one called Jelly Fusion as well. But I've seen some some um, original kind of artist impressions of what they're going to look like, and they're they're really cool. I like them. It's, it, do you know what? I, I, I'm just too excited about it. This is terrible. I'm like, oh, well, we can all come into Durham that day. Um, so it's two days. The f- we've talked ice. What about the fire? Uh, the fire. So every every piece or most of the pieces, there's some places where we can't put fire for obvious reasons, um, but they'll all have a beacon uh, highlighting whereabouts the sculptures are. And then during the day, we have uh, three shows um, at Millennium Place. Um, we've also got the, the Have a Go ice carving, so so people can come along and have have a go themselves. Um, so last year we brought in the new Ulla Fire and Ice shows through the day at, at Millennium Place, which is a live demonstration of a carving with lots of fire and flame and sparks and um, obviously ice. Um, and then the nighttime show, we have the um, uh, the big finales with the water jets and, and the flames and the music, which is um, which for me last year was, um, you know, goose pimple time. It was uh, it was really good. Is that Millennium Place or is that Marketplace? Uh, Marketplace, sorry, yeah. The finale is at Marketplace. Um, and we've have there's two finales for anybody. Sorry, that's my email's gone off. Um, it's all right. We have <laughs> we have two finales um so that anyone with younger kids can come along and see the early one. So the first one is at 5 15, um, and then the uh, last one is at 6 p.m. Wonderful. So I mean the purpose of this obviously is to get people into Durham. Of course, yeah, yeah. We want people to come into Durham. We want people to explore the city, hence why we, we move it around uh, the city centre locations. So we have a couple of new locations, um, like I said earlier. So we, we have a new um, site on Silver Street where we've managed to put one. Um, we haven't been able to do that before because it's on a hill and it's quite difficult to do things on there. But we found a, a local business in, in Moon, uh, Moon Jewelry on Silver Street who are letting us use their doorway, which is very nice of them. Um, and they're also running a competition too. So if people are going all the way around the trail, they just need to solve an anagram and they can win a £150 uh, voucher to spend at Moon. I presume that's they go into a draw to win. Yes. Rather than everybody wins yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you get there <clears throat> to Durham, yep. is there a map or is there something on, on social media to tell you where the trail is? Is there, are there arrows to follow? So there's, yeah, there will be a physical map that people can pick up from any of the stewards. So they'll all have a supply of the maps. Um, there's also going to be, um, it's going to be published on social media and it'll be on our website as well if people wanted to explore before they even get into, into the city. Um, but yeah, any, any steward will have a map for, um, for you to collect. Brilliant. Do you know what? I, I'm, already, I'm already planning. I'm already planning. So just a quick reminder, dates and times. And locations. And lo- well, locations is all over Durham City, so you're not going to be far away from a, from a, a sculpture, whichever way you come into Durham and wherever you might park or however you might get here. Uh, so Friday the 24th, Saturday the 25th of February, 10am to 6.15pm, both days. Brilliant. Really looking forward to it. Lovely talking to you, Paul. Take care. Thanks, Emma. You can easily find online all the information about Fire and Ice. Just put in Fire and Ice 2023. Um, it's on the Durham Bid site and it's on their Facebook page as well. And um, enjoy it. It really was for us a fabulous day out as a family. As someone working in healthcare, you know that caring for others is a truly rewarding job. But when are you meant to care for yourself? Imagine delivering outstanding patient-centred care whilst having time to do what's important to you. With Medax Healthcare, if you are a registered nurse or experienced healthcare assistant, you can care for the patients that need you most with a flexible work-life balance. So there's time for self-care too. That's better. 
Make time for you this new year with Medax. For more information, visit medax.com. What's on in County Durham? There is a bear hunt trail in the Plotter's Forest at Raby Castle, running from the 15th to the 26th of February. For more information and to book, you can visit raby.co.uk. A family affair of the West End and Broadway is at Gala Durham on the 17th of February. There's more information on the Gala Durham website. February half-term activities at Durham Cathedral are running from the 18th to the 25th of February. And for more information, you can visit durhamcathedral.co.uk. February half-term activities Crimes of the Centuries of Beamish is happening at Beamish Museum from the 18th to the 26th of February. For more information, you can visit beamish.org.uk. And Ice and Waves is happening at Dalton Park. They have an Ice and Waves trail on the 20th of February. For more information, you can visit dalton-park.co.uk. The following interview was originally broadcast on Durham On Air in August 2022. So obviously the news has been dominated over the past uh, five months or so by the absolute atrocity that is happening over in the Ukraine. And it might often feel like we are quite far away uh, here in County Durham, but there are an increasing number of people in our county who have been directly affected uh, by this crisis. I myself uh, have met um, a Ukrainian refugee who has moved into my street and um, it's been fascinating talking to her. Uh, But there are also people who live in our county who are doing their best uh, to help those who are still in the country uh, and those fleeing um, occupied Ukraine. I think we are calling it that now. And uh, one of those people is uh, Joanna Salisbury from Moon Jewellery in Durham City. Uh, who we've talk, spoken to before uh, about the business. But um, this is a completely different topic that we're going to talk about now, Joe. Uh, welcome to the programme. Could you tell us a little bit about your connection to the Ukraine and, and the work that you have been doing to support Ukrainians who've been caught up in the war? Hello, everyone. Hello. Nice to hear from you again. Thank um, you. Thanks for yes, coming on. Originally, we were sending a lot of lorries, and I think that was the last time we spoke to each other. Yes where um, we were actually sending lorries full of donations from our people from County Durham uh, into into Poland. And um, now they seem to be settling in Poland uh, a lot better. Obviously, everyone's looking for jobs and uh, life goes on. But really, the uh, people who are stuck in Ukraine, they're the ones who really need our help the most. So basically, I set up a fundraiser after when Mariupol was taken over by the Russians, a lot of children were passaged to um, like safer zones around the Lviv area. Mm. And uh, orphanages really struggled to feed them. They arrived in very bad conditions. They had no hair because of trauma and very poor nutrition. As you can imagine, they lived in bunkers for so long. There is a lot of them classed as orphans and a lot of them are still awaiting their status. So they're looking for the parents. Mm. And uh, with the with basically with a struggle of uh, food, the orphanages are also short-staffed. And, you know, I just felt like I had to step in and do something. So I set up a fundraiser and I said, if people from uh, our area make donations, I will personally deliver food into Ukraine, into those children in need. And uh, the plan at the moment, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is that you're, you're heading off into Poland on the 21st of July with the hope of, of travelling into the Ukraine on the 23rd. Is that correct? 
That is correct. I have just booked my flights and I will be traveling to Krakow. And from Krakow, then uh, I will be uh, going with the charity into Ukraine on the 23rd. So we've got one day to do all the paperwork and do all of our food shopping. At the moment, the fundraiser is, um, I think we've got 2,300 pounds. And uh, with our collections in the shop, we have uh, another thousand pounds. I think we approximately about 1,400 pounds away from 5,000 pounds mark, if you like. And if we do achieve 5,000 pounds, I will also be able to visit one hospice, which uh, basically is struggling with the medical supplies and they were just left alone and they have nothing. And you're leaving from, from Shotley Bridge, is, is that correct? And are, are you doing that is correct. sort of, a, you're kind of having a wave off event. Is that, <laughs> is that the plan? Yes, that is the plan. So uh, my, my village, basically people in, in our community, they've arranged this party for me and it's a fundraising event. So we have face painting activities. We'll also have an opportunity for our children to write messages to those orphans, which I will then personally deliver. Because apart from food, they also need to know that uh, we are thinking of them and we haven't forgotten. Mm. And also to give them a little bit of hope that they are going to be okay. We're not giving up on them. And uh, the plan is to launch a charity, is that correct? Yes, yes. So with everything what's happened, uh, we are now setting up a charity. It's called Under the Same Moon. So we are in the process. And on the 24th of August, we'll have an official launch. So uh, if you would like to support it, uh, there is many, many ways. We've got so many different fundraising activities uh, where you could uh, come and help us, um, help people in Ukraine and children in particular. Mm. I mean, this this may seem like a bit of an obvious question. How how do you feel about going to what is essentially an active war zone? Do you have any personal feelings about that? I mean, it's it's quite a big a big risk you're taking here. Do you, have you considered that? Have you talked about that with with experts? What's your um, what's your thoughts on the fact that you are you are putting yourself in danger by doing this? Well, naturally, I obviously. It, it is a war zone, so naturally I am a little bit stressed. Mm. But I felt like everything was the donations were wearing off and people were not willing to help as much. They kind of accepted the new reality. And as is that a mom because myself, you think it wasn't as prevalent in the news? We were getting sort of I a bit more so. tied up in domestic politics and it was, it was becoming course. less of a news story. Absolutely. And looking at that and looking how people started to accept this new reality and looking also from another perspective of hearing all these different stories from Ukraine and people asking for help for those children in particular because they're basically trapped in this war. They've got no parents. As a parent myself, I could not ignore it. And I thought if this takes just three days of my life to put myself into a little bit of a risk Mm. and deliver those goods to to the children, I, I should do it. Mm. And these these are children in in orphanages, and we've seen some of the photographs as well. Uh, that if you're listening to this, you can go and look at the photographs um, in the article on our website at durhamonair.com. Uh, there's also a link to the fundraising page there as well. Um, what, how did you feel when you when you got hold of these photographs, and and what is the source of these photographs from inside the orphanages? So the pictures are uh, they were sent uh, from the charity who. Uh, they're constantly delivering um, goods to, to different orphanages. They, they go with convoys. It's a Polish charity in Poland. Mm. And uh, they, they sort of send them to us 
just to show what the situation looks like. But obviously, um, we're not allowed to photograph um, the children who, who came, obviously, in a very bad condition. And yeah. we also don't want to put them through that stress. So when I saw the pictures, I think that just motivated me further. And um, of course, uh, in terms of uh, the advice, I am going there fully armed and um, I, I will obviously protect myself as much as possible. And I do believe I'm in very good hands and uh, we've got the intelligence. The army vehicle will be leading us uh, into Ukraine and I'm sure that uh, we'll be able to complete this mission. And of course, these children have possibly almost certainly lost their entire families, both parents, grandparents, uh, they're suffering. I imagine there's a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder going on there, um, mental health and, and trauma-related issues. You know, these are not um, these are children who have been through a really, really hard time. So I guess that when you when you compare the risks, it's it's almost a no-brainer that you you have to go if if there's a way to go. Is that how you feel? I like the way you put it. If there is a way, we, we should all take that way and we should help. We shouldn't just stand back and accept it and say, it's not really uh, affecting me personally. We also have to think about those little children who they, they didn't have any choice. They were left in this situation. They are now trapped in this war and uh, we, we've got to help them. Joe, I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. I think it's really, really inspiring and um we're sending you all the love and support to be able to go do it. And we will uh, speak to you uh, as soon as we can after you've, after you've done this and we'll, we'll see how it's all gone. Uh, if anybody wants any more information or wants to donate money uh, or wants to support the, the mission, I like calling it a mission. That's a good one, Joe. I think it's good. I think it is. A, you know, it is a mission. It's a full on operation. Um, then visit our website, durhamonair.com. Visit the article. All the links are in there. You can see the photographs as well. Read more about the story. And also people can pop into the shop, can't they, Joe? You can pop into Moon Jewelry on Silver of Street. Of course, of course. We've got lots of different um, incentives and different activities going in the shop to raise more money because we literally have about 10 days until I go. And if we manage to raise another £1,400, I will also be able to help a hospice, like I say, where people are just left alone. They've got absolutely no medical support no help from anyone in a list of priorities. They were just pushed to the end. And if everybody listening to this program donated one pound, you'd, you'd make that target easy. So there we go. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for, uh, for talking to us and we will speak to you um, after you've completed the mission and you're back. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Thank and best you very of luck. Much. One person had to answer the phone saying, Buddy the Elf, what's your favourite colour? And that person was Bethan. Buddy the Elf, what is your favourite colour? Yeah! <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, Bethan. Wow. Be- Bethan Graham. Yeah, that's me. Wow. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just £1,000 I'm better, I promise. You're £100 richer. How's that for a Friday morning? It's even better than anything. You can go shopping. Have a fantastic weekend. Have a fantastic Christmas and well done. And well done on answering the phone. And thanks for listening and taking part. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Have a good one and a Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you. Bye. You could be our next winner. Just download the Durham On Air app. 
So it is Valentine's week. Uh, whether you're uh, kind of looking forward to Valentine's Day or not, it doesn't matter. You can still enjoy the week. I'll be uh, up there with all of you singletons uh, cooking away for myself. <laughs> But new research is showing that 49% of UK adults say that cooking is an act of love. It certainly is for me, uh, with 60% saying cooking isn't just about the food, but it's also about the energy and the time involved as well. Laura Tott is no stranger to either of those things. You will recognise her Uh, as one of the waiting staff on TV's first date. She is one of the waiting staff there, and she joins me on the line this morning. Hiya, Laura. Hiya, thanks for having me. Pleasure. You're no stranger to love, Ivy. You've just got married. I have just got married in August. Congratulations. How was it? Oh, my God. I think I'm still getting over it now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so what's all this uh, research about then, this this new research that shows that um, people are really, really getting cooking involved in their romantic lives? Yeah, so co-op carried out some research and some of the findings are really interesting. And to be honest, I'm not surprised them. But one that stuck out to me is basically a quarter of the nation would choose to cook on a first date. And that's one that really that's like really impressed me because that is ballsy, I think, like to to cook on a first date, potentially the first time meeting someone, whether that's a blind date or not. Mm. But I did brilliant because that is you're putting yourself out there, aren't you? But it it just shows that like obviously the research says as well that cooking is an act of love and it, it just it just confirms that it really is i think it's, it's a really intimate thing to do isn't it especially like cooking a meal or even being as vulnerable as to say i'm gonna cook you my favorite meal and in fact it's weird that we're talking about this because this is this has literally happened to me this week so um somebody who I've, it's not a blind date i do know this person but we're going on we're going on a bit of a date later in the week and there was some anxiety um with that, that person about going out so i said look why don't we cook so we're going to be doing that later on in the what? week and i'm feeling quite scared because i've said i'm going to cook my favorite meal for you and that's i think that oh, tells what? you quite a lot about a person doesn't it What is your favourite meal? Right. Well, this is this is going to divide people and people are going to go, hang on, you're doing that for a date. But we're both massive uh, seafood fans. So I'm doing my favourite meal, which is Irish seafood chowder. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely, I think. And like you said, it teaches like it's it's your favourite meal and you're then showing that person what your favourite kind of food is. I just think. Cooking like that, that is the most intimate thing. But fair play, that is brave. And I'm I'm very impressed. Well, and everyone keeps giving me a funny look in the office because they're like, you're doing fish on a, on a, <laughs> on a first date. And I'm like, there's do nothing you, wrong with fish. Do you know the other person likes fish? The other person does like fish. and Because seafood is one of those things that divides people. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not that naive. I did check. I was like, are you a fish fan or are we are we going down another route? Cause some You've people, got a well, cook fish and not actually know if they like it it's risky isn't it but honestly oh my if, if you haven't done seafood chowder it's brilliant and there isn't really a way to do it you can put whatever fish you like in so if you don't like certain fish it's fine also it goes down brilliantly with a bottle of white wine i'm sure it does um but that, and that helps on a date as well doesn't it absolutely so from your time on um on in, in the restaurant on channel four um yeah how how was that what kind of observing um all all of those dates you must have seen hundreds over the years on that program yeah it was it's, it was absolutely amazing i i am such a nosy person that is such a big part of my character i like to know what's going on and that was just it was just lovely to watch and it obviously it was great to watch the ones that worked it was quite entertaining to watch some of the ones that maybe didn't work then other times it was bad to see ones that you were rooting for and it really didn't go well and just like individuals that you're rooting for but Honestly, it was just the best experience ever. It was just, there was such a special feel about that restaurant. 
What food tips did you notice? Or what meals kind of went down really, really well? And here's where you now turn around and you say, everyone who had seafood chowder left in heartbreak. <laughs> Those dates went terribly well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, you know, it was steaks, I think. But that was probably the number one thing we had ordered. Um, I, do, I don't know what it is. There's something about... I don't know, like dates and it's just steak seems to be. Because I think for me, steak is like a, that the word steak is like a special occasion. You don't, I wouldn't have steak or I don't have steak all the time. So it's, it is like a special occasion. I think, and when people are in the first steak restaurant, they do, they feel like they're, it is, it's a special occasion. Mm. So yeah, we had so many people ordering steak. Um, we did have uh, some brave people ordering. We had some spaghetti bolognese. Like it was, it was a type of spaghetti bolognese. Um, and was it like a posh spaghetti bolognese? It was a posh spaghetti bolognese, right. but it, I don't know how messy it was. It, yeah, people were oh, just... Oh, that cut. is brave. Anything with garlic in it's pretty brave. <laughs> yeah, garlic is brave. Um, and just anything that's going to end up halfway down here. You know, like like food everywhere. But that's <laughs> kind of it. But again, that's, that's a bit of an icebreaker, isn't it? Ending up with spaghetti yeah. all down. Or, or, or like a really, really chocolatey dessert that's, that's very, the, yeah. very runny. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah. I can't even wear a white shirt on a date, honestly, because like it will end up down me. I'm such a terrible <laughs> I, eater. Yeah, I spill everything. I'm one of them that ends up. Say if I have some chocolate, like Sean will say, like at the back of my neck, he'll be like, how, or a bit on my eyebrow, and he says, "How have you ever ended up?" With I get food. <laughs> um, do you not think that there's a bit of pressure to like sort of eat posh on a date, like so the steak thing? Like if 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 I was having a steak on my own. I'd probably order steak and chips with a bit of garlic butter. That'd be nice. But if I'm on a date, I've got to get rid of the garlic butter. I've got to get something posher. And also, do you not find yourself going, oh, no, I'll just have it with the vegetables and a potato, please, to look a bit more sophisticated, even though all you want is chips? Yeah, I can, I can imagine there is that kind of pressure. But the most popular dish was was honestly steak and chips at the restaurant. But then you've got that with steak. This is where it could divide a couple. So it depends how it's cooked, doesn't it? It's quite that's quite important and like i i so i have mine rare and sean has his rare and he, he made it like it's almost like that thing of like oh if you had well done steak because we would never be able because we love sharing steak and so it's that can be quite a divide of how you actually have your meat cooked and that's like a, bit of a conversation point when like when you're ordering your steaks it's such an important thing as well though food because one of the first things that you maybe ask uh a potential partner is are you a vegetarian are you a vegan do you eat it, meat it, and it and that is that can actually be a decider as well can't it as well like for for a second date because if you are a massive foodie and the and say the person isn't a foodie and just isn't really into they're not interested in food that could be a big decider in whether you're going on a second date or not but that's why i think the the setting of like cooking and either at, whether that's at a restaurant or at home like food is great because it gets all that awkwardness out of the way because you, you'll know if that person's into the same kind of things that you are like if you are into food which I am massively <laughs> so you'll you'll and you'll find out so much about each other like what's your in, like what do you like what do you not like are you a vegetarian do you like to have drinks like you'll find out loads all because of a meal really mm. what was do you remember the first meal that Sean cooked for you or are you the cook in the house Oh no, he's definitely the cook. But I remember the first thing that I cooked for him actually. So it was our second date, and I cooked. Um, I was living in Australia at the time, and it was. Um, so I cooked chicken, and it was kind of like you cut it open and stuff it with like cheese, spinach, and sun dried tomatoes, and then wrap it in bacon. Yes. And I did it. 
yeah with like salt and pepper um wedges or something I made and I had never made this in my life but I honestly I think I acted like it was like a family recipe that had been handed down through generations <laughs> I was just on google the whole time but he was so impressed well I, I think he was impressed but yeah so that was our second yeah official second date have you ever done that with bossa you know the kind of garlicky cheese if you put that in a chicken breast with oh, some ham that is my favorite cheese ever <laughs> but I mean I mean, you're going to have to both eat it, aren't you? Because the next day you're going to, or the rest of the meal, you are going to have a very strong smell. Oh, yeah. As long as you're evening it out in terms of yeah, the, the smelly garlic. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for coming on and chatting about this. I hope it's inspired loads and loads of people to to go and, and cook, whether they're having you know a first date with a partner or whether they've, they've been married for years. Getting into the kitchen, uh, I think, is certainly the way to do it this Valentine's Day, especially with cost of living and all of that. It's expensive to eat out. Uh, one of my favourite things, and I've spoken about this on the programme before, and people laugh at me for this. And if you find yourself laughing at me about to say this, I can, I'd have to urge you to go try it. Homemade Nando's. Just try and replicate Nando's in your own house. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You can get your halloumi cheese. You can get your your broccoli, your chicken. It's a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Laura, thank you so much for coming and chatting. Thank you so much for having me on. And that is it from the podcast this week. Thank you so much to everybody who appeared on the podcast. And we hope you enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can get it wherever you listen to any of your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And it's also available on the Durham On Air app as well, along with loads of other great stuff from Durham On Air. You can get breaking news alerts for the area of Durham, traffic and travel, weather. You can listen to all of our music programming again. And of course, you can listen to Durham On Air live 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you haven't joined us yet, we hope that you will join us soon over on the live radio station. Myself and Emma will be back next Friday with a brand new episode and as ever, if you've got something you want to contribute to the podcast, something to promote or something to talk about, get in touch with us studio at durhamonair.com Have a fantastic week, we'll see you next Friday. Hello, it's Aidan here from Durham Breakfast. You can join me weekdays from 7am right here on Durham On Air. I'll be serving you a selection of great music, local news, and I'll be bringing you our 90s at 9 along with our study question. So that's Durham Breakfast with myself, Aidan, weekdays from 7am right here on Durham On Air. Hey, County Durham, it's Chris Coxon here. Join me for an hour of great music from the 1960s every Sunday morning at 9am. A great way to start your Sunday. 60s on Sunday on Durham On Air. You're locked in a strange room. Time is against you. You need to get out and there's only one way to do it. Have you got what it takes to discover the clues, solve the puzzles, and escape before the clock runs out? Then step into Escape Rooms Durham and see if you can unravel the mystery of Mr. Borrowdale's study or steal the formula in the lab heist. Escape Rooms Durham is the perfect challenge for families, friends, colleagues and birthdays. Find out more at escapedurham.co.uk Then come and escape from Escape Rooms Durham on Sadler Street in Durham City Centre.